Hey, listen, man, I feel like it's time to preach, so we're going to do it. Uh, so I try to be careful, and I try to wait until I feel like the Lord said, okay, it's time. Uh, one thing that I, I want, um, I always want us to leave here knowing, knowing for sure that, that we worshiped. You know what I mean? If we did nothing else, we worshiped, you know? And so uh, I, I, feel, I feel good. Let's, let's, let's move forward. So uh, again, I'm Pastor Terry. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, it's just a pleasure to have all of you with us. We are in week four, the finale of a series that, that I've been in called Bring It. And, uh, and basically the whole heart behind this was like, what kind of heart do I need to bring? As I'm on my way to the house of God, as I'm living this life, wherever I'm going, whatever I'm doing, what kind of heart do I need to bring? So we, we've talked about just qualities that we need to have as followers of Jesus. And, and so I'm going to finish that up today. Week one, we talked about having a heart for worship. We talked about Paul and Silas, how they got arrested for setting a young girl free, got arrested for that, put in prison, in the inner prison, in stocks, and they worshipped. It says at midnight they worshipped, and God met them in the middle of their worship. And so as they worshipped through their pain, through their uncertainty, obviously it's painful to be in stocks, it's painful to be beaten and, uh, and be whipped, and so they went through that. They were, in, they were in the inner prison. They had no idea when they were getting out, so they worshipped in the middle of their pain, their uncertainty, and in the middle of their darkness as it was midnight. As you are willing to worship in the middle of those elements of your life, then something amazing happens. What happened with them is there was a, a great earthquake. The foundation shook. Everybody was set free. And the, even the corrections officer, him and his family, gave their lives to the Lord and... and um, and even were baptized that day. So when we are people who will worship God in the middle of our pain, our uncertainty, and our darkness, then what we see is that God has the ability to bring this earth-rattling move into our lives and work not only in us, but in the people around us. And uh, so that was week one. Week two, we talked about having a heart for others, and we talked about lead with peace. What do we say? That, that this world has an abundance of of everything, everything you could possibly need, every piece of information, every, every resource at our fingertips. But what this world really lacks is peace. And, and more so, the peace of Jesus that passes all understanding. So we talked about lead with your peace. And then that will cause people to want to know the origin of that peace, discover his salvation and receive it, and then experience his power. And when you have a heart for others, you lead with your peace, introduce them to Jesus by the way that you're living, and then pray that God moves in power in their life. Last week, and I'll tell you this, last week, uh, just because of the way everything worked out, I wanted the message that I brought last week, I wanted to do it this week, um, I wanted that to be the finale. I think we had a powerful day last Sunday, and um, we talked about a heart to serve, and, um, and we, we, we talked about the idea that servanthood was God's idea, not ours. Not something drummed up by the church to get people to do things. It is, it is the heart of God that that man be great servants to each other, right? And, um, and so we talked about the model of servanthood in the, in the church, how, it's, how it's, not, it's not right. And that model has been serve hard until you crash and then rest hard until you rust. 
And what we've seen is people, they serve and serve and serve and they take on so many things and 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work and they're taking on as much as they can until they can't do it anymore and then they fall apart. And then they rest perpetually while watching somebody else do it because they had their time. Do you understand that if you're a servant of Jesus, there's no expiration date on servanthood? There isn't. And so the real way to do it is what Jesus said. He said, he said you're wearing the wrong yoke. Take, take my yoke upon you if you are weary and heavy laden from labor. Take my yoke, and my yoke is one of rest. And so we talked about how Jesus didn't say, don't wear a yoke at all. He said, take mine. And what that means is, take my mode, my, my, my manner of servanthood. And what that means is, have one hand in serving and one hand in resting, that we rest and serve simultaneously. And if we are the kind of people that rest and serve simultaneously, look, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. You win the marathon by keeping pace. You've never seen a New York marathon runner run it sprint style. That would be fun to watch, actually. There, there was a young lady who blew everybody away in the Boston Marathon. Her name was Rosie, and uh, turns out she actually caught a cab. She, caught, she snuck out, caught a cab, and got dropped off like a mile from the, uh, from the finish line, and then ran the finish, and everybody's like, how did, you, how did you improve so much? And she's like, I just worked really hard. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a pace of a sprint, it's a pace of a marathon. And so if we're going to run our entire lives, we can't tire ourselves out. Everybody needs to be doing something. And so we talked about that. Today, I'm going to talk about one, and I'm just can I just be honest with you? If I had my choice between dealing with this subject and getting a root canal with no Novocaine, I'd have to think long and hard which one I was going to choose. There are just some things that, that as a pastor you just really don't want to talk about. But it's still a calling to bring the whole counsel of God. And it's my job to talk about everything. And so uh, today, we are going to talk about the last one, bring it, a heart of generosity, a.k.a. a heart to give. Now, here's what this isn't. This is not me trying to get you to give more. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk more about what happens when you give. We're, we're not an in-your-face uh, kind of church when it comes to, to giving. In fact, we don't even pass buckets down, down the aisle, we, we have a black box. Throw it, throw it in the black box. I mean, there is an expectation on followers of Jesus, but we don't, we don't shove the offering basket down your throat. And, and that was one thing that I loved about Fusion. I, when I got here, I was like, man, I, I really like that, and we want to move forward in that. But I want to talk to you about having a heart of generosity. So can we do this? Can we let our guard down? Because when I said the word giving and generosity, some of you tensed up like right away, like you're, like you are, uh, <laughs> I just had the filter kick in and it was, whew, praise the Lord. <sighs> Thank God. I'll tell you later. Okay. So let's just start from the beginning. Okay, here we go. The very first thing we need to understand is generosity was God's idea. And we are talking about giving. We're talking about giving. So when we hear the word tithe, people don't understand where that came from. And it's important. The word tithe actually means tenth. Tenth is what it means. And, and we see it happen first 
in, in the life of Abram. He wasn't even Abraham yet. He was Abram, right? And what happens is, is his nephew Lot is abducted, and he has to go to war, so he goes to war to get him back. On the way back, he runs into a dude named Melchizedek. Not a whole lot of Melchizedek's running around nowadays. I think we should change it. Of course, all my kids are named, so I guess it's not going to be me. Uh, Pastor Dan, my challenge to you, have a kid. Na- name her Melchizedek. Yeah. <laughs> Melchizedek was both a king and a priest. And, and when, he, when, when Abram ran into him, they had this exchange. And here's what happens. It says in Genesis chapter 14, verses 19 through 20, it says that he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and of earth, and praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Check this out. It says, Then Abraham, I'm sorry, Abram gave him a tenth of everything. See, this is where it begins. And, and the church, at this point in time, the people of Israel, they, they really kind of latch on to this, right? Uh, the God's people latch on to this. And it becomes a cultural thing that this is kind of what you do, right? And so they, they began to do it. And so here's the thing. When you look at the laws that are put before the Israelites, a tithe is just part of it. There's tithes, there's alms, there's offerings, there's sacrifices. When when you talk about what the Israelites were giving, it was actually closer to about 23%. Who has the money to do that one? Yeah, you do? Nice. Well, all right, we got our expectation. It's a cultural thing at the beginning, but in Leviticus, it goes, in Genesis, it's a cultural thing, but in Leviticus, it becomes a command thing. And so he actually says, in, in Leviticus chapter 27, says, Every tithe of the land, whether it's the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, it is the Lord's, and it is holy to the Lord. So we see it go from, from a cultural thing to a commandment thing. Okay? In fact, you even see that in Malachi, it says that, that those who aren't operating this, that they're, do you know what, do you know what it says? It says that we're robbing God. Okay? Now, this is about as confrontational as it gets with me, okay, when it comes to this subject. Um, so this whole thing was God's idea. And, uh, but, but with every commandment, every law, man stumbles, right? And, uh, and so we often struggle with giving. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm building, okay? We often struggle with giving. Agreed? Do we agree with that? Maybe not you, but just man. Man, I'm getting, like, looks. Whew, they... There's not an agreement that I take power of attorney over you after this or anything like that, okay? Calm down. Chill out. I'm getting looks right now. Jeez, you guys act like I'm about to dupe you into giving me your life savings. We struggle. We struggle. And part of the reason we struggle, this is in notes, but can we just be honest? Part of the reason we struggle is because man on the, on the ministry side of things hasn't always done right by those who give. Right? That's a fair statement. It's a sad but true statement. Okay? But let's look at it through the context of this is what God called us to do. It started out a cultural thing, and then it moved into a commandment thing. And we struggle with the commandments. We struggle with all the commandments. God gave us ten, and we can't keep those straight. Right? So let's look at a little example of what it's like when we struggle with giving. Check this out. 
What is this? Donuts. Okay. Go ahead. I can have them. You can have them all. These are for me? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. You just, you look hungry. That is a good donut. All right, well, I gotta hit the road. You mind if I, you mind if I just take one for the road? Just, just one. Well, I am really hungry, and I missed breakfast this morning. I'm probably gonna miss lunch, and I was gonna take these home to my wife and kids. Really, to be honest, they gotta last me the whole week. Wow. Dude, if somebody walked up and gave you a dozen donuts and said, can I have one, and you said no, look, that's not cool, man. But it is kind of the representation of, of the heart of man when it comes to giving. See, we talk about how God, God wants 10%, but really the fact of the matter is God, God gives us all 100%. Yes, and, and we really, uh, over the years, I had, to, I had to kind of turn that up on end and look at it differently, you know, that... that that this isn't what I earned, it's what I received by God's grace. I mean, the fact that you, especially in this climate, you should be more grateful for your job than you've ever been, right? Uh, we've never in, in our time seen the ability to work just ripped away like we've seen this past year, right? And so the fact that we have a job is, is, is big, Right? And, and so it's for us, we have to understand God gives this to us. And then we start to struggle when he says, okay, I want to use part of that. And, and, it's, and look, what did he say? Where did he go? I, I, was gonna, I, I don't have enough for myself right now as it is. I was going to use this to take care of my wife and my children. Literally, this has got to last me the rest of the week. When we talk about giving and man starts to struggle, the reasons we struggle with the idea of giving are legitimate, right? If you're, like, why, if you're worried about how you're going to make ends meet, worrying about it is, is legitimate. There are legitimate needs and legitimate worries and legitimate concerns, correct? I'm not tricking you, it's true. It's legit. But then Jesus comes along. And we always think that Jesus makes it so much easier on us. He doesn't do that. Jesus actually makes it harder. In fact, Jesus, and the, the, what does it say? Y'all shall not commit adultery. Y'all shall not commit adultery. That, what is that, the Texas version? My southern coming out. You, you, shouldn't, you should not commit adultery. You're not to commit adultery, right? What does Jesus say? He doesn't say, no, that's all right. What does he say? Adultery doesn't begin in the bedroom. It begins where? In the heart with the way that you look. Jesus always made it harder because he needed you to see that you needed his grace and his mercy and his sacrifice to ever make it. And so Jesus talks about giving. And it goes from a cultural thing when it was Abram to a, to a commandment thing when it was Moses. Now when it's Jesus, it's a condition of the heart thing. Did you see that? And Jesus, he challenges us, number one, in Matthew chapter 6, he challenged us to give in secret. I saw a picture the other day on, on one of the forms of social media where there was a person who was, and it was like a cartoon, like a, a family 
that this guy had just given groceries to, and they were, they were kind of in the back, kind of struggling, but they were holding the groceries, and then the guy who gave them to him taking a selfie with them in the background. And this is what, this is what giving in America looks like now. That's not, that's not what the Scripture says. It says that we're supposed to give in secret. Don't, know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. But then we're also to give in faithfulness. And you see that story about the, Jesus is standing in the temple and everybody's coming and they're dropping their offering in one after another. And that's all pleasing to God. But then there's this older lady. She's a widow. And she walks up and she puts the absolute least you can put in. She puts that in. And Jesus says because of her heart and because of where she gives from, she just gave the most of anybody else. So Jesus understands it is a heart thing. It's a condition of the heart. So it started out a cultural thing. Then it moves to a commandment thing. Now Jesus says it's more than a commandment. It's a condition of your heart. And I heard this story a long time ago about a a pastor that I know. His name is Stan Tharp. He's in Dayton, Ohio. Brilliant, phenomenal man of God. And he bought his daughter a pack of M&M's. And he gave her the pack of M&M's. And he's like, okay, honey, let daddy have an M&M. And she wouldn't do it. He's like honey, give me an M&M. And it started out kind of funny. And she's like, no, they're mine. But as it progressed, and he's like, hey, I'm telling you, you need to give me an M&M. It became a heart issue. And God deals with us on our heart issues. And so God calls us to give. You may be saying, I'm just like the guy in the video. It's not doable to give 10%. I'll say this. Here's what I think. If, if you think 10% is too hard, which I understand, pick a percentage. One percent, do it, because I, I want I want you to practice faithfulness, and this isn't for me. This is for you. Pack, practice faithfulness and practice consistency. You can't do ten percent. Fine, I get it. I I have struggled over the years. I get it. You can't do ten percent. Do do two percent. Do a percent, but do it. Do it right. Do it often. Pray over it. Do it cheerfully, and be consistent for for what it does in your life not for what it does here. But I want to talk about that, and here's where I wanted to get. I said everything that I said to get to here, this is the exciting part. What happens when you give? (sighs) I'm glad we're here now. You guys can loosen up. Seriously, I'm going to start having the host start handing out shots of whiskey for you people. Like, (sighs) calm down. Rick, is that in the job description of the hosts? He said it is. Okay, good. All right. When you give, what happens? When you give, many things happen. I want to talk to you about what what God does. And God actually challenges us to test him in our giving. So there's, when we give, things happen in the the world of the Spirit, but also in our lives and also in, in in the church as well. And let's talk about what those look like. So Jesus actually challenges us by our condition of our heart. But you see in Malachi... Here's what it says. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try, check this out. Try me now in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Then he even goes on to say, and I will rebuke the devourer for your, for, for your sake. I will take care of you. I will take care of the things that you see and the things that you don't see. Remember, we talked about that. 
right? When you give, you have his promise to anchor your faith to. This is big. There were times in my life where I struggled to give. I struggled to tithe. I got behind. It wasn't a heart condition. It was a struggle condition. You, can, you, can you relate? And then when things go haywire and you've not been faithful, it's a struggle. When you've been faithful and things go haywire, because no matter what happens, things go haywire, right? <laughs> things go haywire. If you're a homeowner, things go haywire. You get it, right? Your car messes up. Your refrigerator dies. And if you're lucky like me, you got 30 days after you pray over it to figure it out. It'll, it'll heal for 30 days, and then it kicks the bucket, right? When you are faithful and things go haywire, you now have God's promise to anchor your faith to. Where you can say, you know what? I know this just happened, but we've been faithful. And God says, test me in this. He said, test me. And, 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 and I, so I, we were faithful and we tested him and I know he's going to take care of us. But when you haven't been faithful, and I'm just going to tell you this from a place of experience. When you've not been faithful and things go haywire, not having the fact that I took him out of his word and made him prove his promise to me to anchor my faith to is a sense of dread that is absolutely horrible to deal with. When you say things just went haywire and I've not been faithful and God is not obligated to take care of me, that is scary. That's happened to me. It was a horrible feeling. And I don't ever want you guys to feel that way. When you are someone who takes God at his word and you are faithful, now you have his faithfulness to anchor your faith to. Yeah, things aren't going the way we want them to, but we've been faithful over the years. God's going to take care of us. How many times have you said that? How many times have you said, you know what? This, this is just a, a, a big a big mess. It's a big cluster. But you know what? We've been faithful, and I just know God's going to take care of it. And what does he do? He takes care of it, right? He may be late. I'm going to tell you something about God that when I get there, I'm just going to politely just say to him, God, you missed a lot of opportunities to be early. That's all I'm saying. You just... You just had some opportunities and you said no thanks. And I just wanted to let you know that there was some opportunities there that you passed up on. Because God doesn't show up early, but he always shows up right at the right moment. Right? So when you are faithful and you give, that happens. But what I really wanted to talk to you about is what happens here at Fusion Church when you give. Because I don't think you know what happens here. Okay, I don't think you know exactly what it looks like. And so I want to share with you, when you are faithful to give here at Fusion Church, where does it go? Okay, obviously there are building and staff obligations, right? We, uh, we, we have to take care of our team, so we do that. Okay, we have to take care of our building, so we do that. There are bills to pay, so we do that. Do we all agree that's obvious, right? Okay. And uh, one thing that I love about, about Pastor Aaron and, and Pastor Jim is when, when I first got here, they told me every annual business meeting, they actually put the church ledger 
out there so that you can take it and look at what we spent on. And, and that's a tradition we'll continue. We will continue that transparency. But do you know when you give to Fusion where, you're, where, where some of your money goes to? Do you know? All right, here we go. Very first one I want to tell you about is, is something we started as soon as COVID-19 hit, and it was called the Fusion Family Support Fund. This is a practical message, obviously, okay? All right. Fusion Family Support Fund. We saw that there was a thing happening where people were losing their jobs due to a pandemic. And so we said, let us set aside the church, the, 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 the general fund, set aside the first $5,000, and then you started giving. And when you gave to the Fusion Family Support Fund, what you helped was, was people whose lives have been impacted by this COVID-19 or by something else that was related and caused them financial hardship, you helped them get it figured out. You, when you gave to that, we were able to, we, we've, we've raised a good amount of money and we've given about probably close to five grand of it away, right, Rick, when you say? Uh, we, we were able to purchase a furnace for somebody who had just lost their spouse. And, and the next week, their furnace, their furnace stopped working. That's, that's because of that fund. We designated an entire thing just to give away. Just to give away. If you're here and you have, you have had an issue, and it, and it is not because of irresponsibility on your part, but it was because COVID-19 hit you really, really hard and you're struggling financially, there's still finances available to help you. Did you know that? You don't know that. The next one that we give to, and, and, and so like when you tithe, here's some of the places yours goes, your, your tithes go to, ready? God's field. Monthly support we give to God's field. In case you don't know who that is, that is the Akuchis. That's the work that they do. If you think that the only work that they do is in this building, you are outside your mind. They are all over the place doing all kinds of things, and they support all kinds of missionaries with the money that they receive, Okay. And so we give to them, and they use it for whatever they need to use it for, but they give to others as well, all right? So that's that one. Joseph's Storehouse. Any of you ever heard of Joseph's Storehouse? Who's heard of that? Joseph's Storehouse is a thrift store down the road, and that is, that is a, a ministry that takes in items and sells it at a cheap price so that we can operate, but also we can help people who need something. And I'm guessing many, many, many times they've just given away free stuff. Uh my first time there, never mind, I'm going to filter kicked in again. Two times in one day, Wes Jones. Two times in one day. That is impressive. We're going to stop there. The next one that we give to, Addie's Attic. That is, uh, that is a ministry that, that Peggy Lewis has started. And everybody look at her. Everybody get, just stare at her right there. Look right there. Look, look at her. Look at her! No. And in fact, and in fact, to meet a greater need, you're about to relocate, Right? You're, you're, leaving, you're leaving Lexington, you're going to Mansfield because you feel like the greater need is in Mansfield, right? And so um, they, we, we give to that. We give to Samaritans for Seniors. How many of you guys have ever heard of Samaritans for Seniors? That is, uh, that is one, one ministry that you may not know, realize goes on here is that Fusion actually has two campuses already. This one and one on Delaware Street. Pastor Jeff Robertson is, is, is the pastor over there, and he's actually doing a, an amazing job over there. It's going really, really well. I'm really proud of them. But he quit his job, and he's now doing Samaritans for Seniors. And what he does is he does whatever he has to do to help senior citizens stay in their home as long as they possibly can. So, like, if, you, if there's a, a senior that needs their lawn mowed, out of the goodness of his heart and out of the funds that he has, he goes and he mows their lawn. 
Her, her porch is broken. He fixes the porch. You know, this is, this is messed up. He fixes it. This is what he does. And he does everything that he does, and Samaritans for Seniors does everything that they do simply so that people who are close to that age where they, they may have to move into the, the nursing home, they, they, they would love to stay home, they get to stay independent for as long as possible. We give to that. Every month, we give to that. I'm not going to tell you amounts because that's just not important, but we give to that. Mark Lovely. That is a man who takes Bibles into Abraxas in Shelby. Abraxas is a, is a halfway house for teenage boys who, have, who, have just, um, who are on the, on the cuff of, of finding their way to prison if they don't get it figured out. He takes the Word of God, and we help him do that. Cool? Child evangelism. Anybody ever hear of child evangelism before? At, at uh, is it Eastern Elementary here in Lexington? Um, so, so we give to that ministry, and they go and they have after-school ministry for the kids. I know that they do it in Shelby. I know that they do it at Auburn Elementary where my kids go because I've seen them do it. And uh, you actually have people in this church who are part of it. Uh, Keith, Kim, John Clark, they all do it. They take the gospel of Jesus into the school. Well, you're not supposed to do that, but it still happens. You're allowed to do this. This is an after-school program where it impacts children's lives for Jesus. People who may never hear the gospel outside of this moment, they, they hear it there. Amen? It's like they take kids' ministry to the school. Child evangelism. A father's heart. That's one we just recently started giving to. That is um, uh, Paris Lacella. Her mother, also named Paris, um, is, is the director of that for the state of Ohio. And it is a ministry that specializes in teaching others and teaching churches and trying to recruit godly people into the foster program and adoption. How many of you know that we have a huge problem in our foster program that there are some ungodly people doing it? There are some amazing people, but there are some that hurt people as well. And, and I heard a stat, and I don't want to preach something that's not true, but I, I'm 90%. I've went on less than 90% before. <laughs> um, I've, heard, I've heard it said that if every church in Ohio were to adopt one child out of foster care, that we would have no need for foster care. And so she goes around trying to teach churches about this. And she challenges, and she'll go to a church, and she will be here. She will make her way here, and she will challenge. Is there somebody here who wants to become a foster parent? Oh, and we need the church to rally around them and bring respite and help and help with different things like that and, and like create a plan to get children out of the foster care system. Adoption is important in the heart of the people of this church. Um, there, are, there are a lot of... A lot of people who have adopted children and rescued children. And so I believe that's at the top of the list for the heart of God, wouldn't you say? All right. Do you guys like hearing this? Do you like knowing what's going on? Are you good with that? Okay, good. Because we're about halfway through. (laughs) Special Touch Ministries. That is a ministry that uh, the people that we support are in are in Youngstown. Their name is Dwayne and Tracy Coral. And what they do is they run a camp. For special needs children, a, a Bible camp, and, and special needs adults, but they also go around teaching churches how to better take care of special needs families. Did you know that one of the largest unchurched people groups in the United States is special needs families? Think about it. Mom and dad desperately want to go to church, but they don't know who they can trust with their autistic little boy or girl. 
And so we've begun this partnership with them where we are, we are sowing into their ministry, but it won't be long before they're here teaching us how to care for special needs uh, children because my, my goal is to not only have Sunday morning at 9 and 11.15 covered for children's ministry, but also a need for special, uh, a class for special needs children as well so that mom and dad can come here, spend time in the presence of God, and not worry about what's going on with their child. Listen, I'm somebody who knows that feeling. I've got one. My little girl means a world to me, Jillian. And, and you, maybe you've met her, maybe you haven't. She is amazing. Doesn't say much, but says a lot with the way that she looks at you and hugs on you or, and bites you. You know, just <laughs> half the time. Look, to be honest with you, you don't know if it's going to be a kiss or a bite until it happens. It's almost like a surprise. Like, hey, what are we getting? You know? Uh, it's not because she's mean. She just wants to see how you taste. Um, but I want, I want Fusion to be a place where, where we have that certification. So when the people look at our website, they see that this is a place that specializes in taking care of children that the rest of the world seems to have forgotten. And so we give to that ministry, right? The next one, Stan and Jen Lemon. I'm so stinking proud of these two. Yeah, give it up, give it up. Reverend L's like, hey, you didn't have them clap for us. All right, clap for Reverend L and Donna too. Yeah. Now you got to do it for Peggy because I mentioned them. Yeah. See, this is what happens when you start including people. It just gets out of hand. No, I'm just kidding. Stan and Jim Lemon are looking at me like they want to kill me right now. They're like, PT, you should have warned us. I don't do that. I don't like to warn. They, their heart is to show people in addition the love of Jesus. And just in the past month, two months, you guys have delivered over a hundred blessing bags. Now you may be wondering, what's a blessing bag? A blessing bag is a bag of blessings. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, can, I can do better than that, I promise. A blessing bag is, is a bag filled with things to take to people who have maybe recently overdosed, maybe they're homeless, maybe they deal with mental health problems, maybe they're just really struggling financially, whatever the case may be, but they take these to them and it's a resource and it has basic needs for them. They started doing that out of their own pocket. Now we're, we started supporting them. We're like, we need to give more. So now we gave more. And I, I just, like, I, do you remember when I said, I feel like it's a word from the Lord that God is going to, and I think it already started, but God is going to increase your borders and expand your realm of influence. Even to places you're like, well, this isn't even where we wanted to be, but God just opened the door, and so we're here now. I, I would imagine that's already even happened, but in the future it's going to happen more. And, uh, and, and I just believe that you guys are going to see things that, that you never saw coming. I also think that there's going to come a time that churches other than Fusion are going to jump in on this and people are going to want to start giving to your ministry. I feel like uh, you guys don't even know how, how this thing's about to take off. And, um, and so we, we, we give to them, and we're proud of them. They are, they are, they are here because of, of what they went through personally, and I'm not, I'm not going to tell that story. It's not my story to tell, but they're pretty vocal about it. But I couldn't be prouder. And so we give to them, and they do some great things with it. Teen Challenge 
is a ministry. How many of you guys have ever heard of Teen Challenge before? I've seen great things out of Teen Challenge. And, um, and so that is a ministry that, that deals with people, that, that helps people with life-challenging and altering um, issues and addictions. Anything from, I've seen people who, who were drug addicts be there, but I've also seen people who, who were uh, living double lives online and couldn't get their life right. And they, they've all went there, and I've seen them, I've seen people's lives just revolutionized. So those are things right now that we're giving to, okay? On top of that, here's where we're, here's where we're headed. Uh, I asked one of our elders, Drew Cobbler, to, to research human trafficking. And I want to give to a, we want to give, not I, we, we want to give to a ministry that, that, that combats human trafficking, and we want it to be local, okay? Now, there's the, mini, there's the, there's the people that I'm, I'm going to be giving the, uh, the, the weight loss challenge that I'm doing. I'm, I'm, this week, I'll hit 25 pounds lost, and that'll be about, eh, no. Because look, I've, I, I got to be honest with you, I've eaten things I shouldn't have eaten, and, and Wes Jones is going to put his foot up my backside if I don't stop it. But, so, so I'm going to hit 25 pounds this week lost, and that's going to that's gonna take us over $4,000 raised. And uh, that's going to go to, that's going to go to um, uh, Operation Underground Railroad, Okay. Operation Underground Railroad is not a ministry. It's an, it's an organization. But they, but they help rescue children who have, been, who have been through human trafficking, right? And so it's a worthy cause, but when we give church funds, I want that to go to a ministry, not an organization. Do you, do you, you get the difference? And so, like, the guy who runs it is great, um, but, but I want it to be a, a Christ-centered ministry. And so Drew was like, asked his wife, Carissa, to um to 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 kind of help him and she's like well how about you just let me show you what i came up with and she put together a powerpoint presentation and like a six-page thing and so the next elders meeting in november she's going to come to us and we're going to decide we're going to have her bring to us all the options and we're going to decide which human trafficking ministry to to start giving to because we feel like that needs to happen Amen? amen um foreign missionaries uh i believe that that there's, there's not a whole lot on the heart of God more important than getting the gospel to places where nobody's ever taken it. And, uh, and I, that's more than I believe. That's Bible. And, uh, and so um, we are looking at foreign missionaries to give to. I know a lot of them, but they are very well taken care of already. So uh, Reverend L mentioned Grenada. There's some there that we may send money to, but, but, um, but, there's, but there's more uh, that we want to give to. And so that's coming. Um, the big one that I want to talk to you about here in a minute Fusion Madison, Fusion Madison, that is the next Fusion Church that we're going to plant. And um, I'm going to talk to you about that in more detail in a second. These are the things that we're giving to. We're going to continue to give, and we're going to give to more things, more ministries. Uh, It's important, right? Here's the thing that I want you to understand, is that when you give... You're part of the solution. And so here's the thing that I was so excited to tell you. Check this out. Think about this for a second. This is so awesome. I'm not here to ask you to give more. I'm here to tell you what happens when you give. Okay? So when you are someone who gives, you extend your reach. So here's what I mean by that. You may never be the person who takes a blessing bag to someone who recently overdosed and is looking to start all over. But if you've given 
to Fusion Ministries, your hand has been with the people who did. You may never go to Abraxas and hand a teenage boy who needs to turn his life around a Bible, but if you've given, you have went with them as they did it. You may never send, you may never get to, to, to Grenada. You may never get to Guatemala. You may never get to, a, to, a, to anywhere overseas, but if you have given, you've already been there. Think about this for a second. This extends your reach. How amazing is this? That if you, you may never counsel somebody out of getting out of drug and alcohol addiction, but if you have already given, you've already been a part of it. You may never adopt somebody. You may never rescue somebody out of the, out of the, um, out of the foster care system, but if you've given already, you've already been a part of the solution. You may never have sent a child to special needs camp, but if you've given, then you've already been a part of it. When you were faithful, this is what you did. And so I'm not asking you for more. I'm thanking you. Because you have extended your reach. And you may never end up on a foreign mission field running into a guy who says, right? But when you, you, maybe you will, and it'll be awesome. But when you have been faithful, you were there. Your footprint, check, this is in the notes, the Lord just gave me this. Your footprint may never show up on on the land, but your fingerprint may show up on their heart. Can you write that down, please? Write that down, write that down. Write that down. This is why we do what we do. This is why we give. Yeah, we got a building to take care of. God's taking care of it. Yeah, we've got, and you know what? You guys have been so faithful that God's just really blessed us. And we've been able to just start a a fund just to give money away to people who needed it. And we'll continue to do that. We'll continue to be wise with what you give. But I want your hand to extend far beyond yourself into the lives of people who you never get to touch, you never get to be a part of. But because you were faithful, your footprint didn't make it to the, your fingerprint didn't make it to the land. Dang it, I screwed it up. That's why you only do it once. I know, I know. Your footprint may never make it on the land, but your fingerprint will make it on their heart. Amen? The next one that we're going to do, the next place that we're, that we're going to work is Fusion Madison. When I was brought here, it was, it was everybody's heart that we would be a church that plants churches. And we've talked about it over, over the past two years. It's nuts to me. I started, doing, I started doing staff meetings with you guys getting ready to come here two years ago right now. What? I feel like I've literally been here three months. It is what's happening when, you have, when you're having fun. We've talked about it. Our hope is that we would plant a church in Madison. And there'd be somebody that rises up out of there that has a heart for Ashland or Worcester, and we plant one there. I could totally see the Lacella someday, not just being, no, no longer being our, our, our next-gen pastors, but the, the next pastor to plant a church in like Columbus or, 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 or Delaware or wherever God lays their heart. Galleon is ripe for the picking. Hallelujah. There's places all over the place, just right near us. And what our hope is, and Pastor Aaron is our launch pastor, he's going to launch, and he's going to teach, and then he's going to hand it off, and then he's going to do it again. I don't know how many you have in you, 
but we're going to ring that chamois for as long as it lasts. <laughs> right? He grew up in Madison. Tara grew up in Shelby. And they, they liked each other, even though that's where they both came from. And what God has done in them through, God has done through them over the years, they want to replicate in other places. And then, and then bring people up and hand it off. That's how missionaries all over the world do it. They, they, go, they go and they preach the gospel and they start pouring into one of the indigenous people. So you're going to find an indigenous Madonite, Madisonite. And we're going to hand it off. And there will be this hope. The hope is a fusion network over the years. This is where we're headed. This, this should make you excited because this extends our reach. Look, I've, I, I've spent time in Madison. My first apartment was in Madison. And, and you know, there's, there's some good people there. And there's, there's a lot of room for a great church. An opportunity to change worlds. I want you guys give it up for Pastor Aaron and Tara as they make their way up here. And uh, I'm going to do something that I've not done. I've done it one other time. We did it with Chuki. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand to your feet. Uh, I'm going to surprise you with an offering. Here's what we're going to do. Very first thing that we're going to do is I'm going to tell you if you are a part of Fusion Ministries and you are about to be a part of the Fusion Madison launch team, uh, we have opened a tab in our online giving so that you can now begin to tithe to Fusion Madison. Okay? If, you, if that is going to be your home church and you're going to be with Pastor Aaron and Tara, then you can start giving to them now. You can start giving, to the, not to them, to that ministry now. So that when it's time to launch, and we've, we've already got our eye on properties. We're, our, we're already eyeballing properties in there. There's contacts already being made. I think God's going to, I think it's going to happen quick. Quicker than we thought at least. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe not. I don't know what's going to happen. God, God's got it. You can already start giving there now. And if you are someone who's like, I want to give a one-time gift, you can do that now. But I felt led to pray over these guys and, uh, and, and, then, and then invite you as we're praying to come. And if you got a $20 bill in your pocket, maybe throw, some, maybe throw it in here. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe, maybe you don't have anything, but you want to write an IOU. Um, those are as good, right? An IOU. We know where you guys live. So you can throw it in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so I want to challenge you. I'm going to pray. As I'm praying over them, I want to challenge you to, uh, to come and throw some in here. And what does that do? That extends your reach from your church in Lexington to go with one of your pastors to Madison to impact a life that you've never met before. Or maybe you have family there and they need to hear the gospel. We're taking it to them. So here we go. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for Pastor Aaron and, and Tara Rose. And I thank you the, for the heart that you've placed on them. Go ahead and make your way out now. I thank you for the heart that you have placed within them to impact the lives of people all around with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father God, their heart right now, their heart is pointed towards Madison, God. We're looking for a building. We're looking for an, a place. We're looking for an opportunity to bring the life of Jesus to the people of Madison. And so I just pray for them right now that you would begin to s- surround them with the right people. 
Lord God, the people that will help in this endeavor to go and reach those who don't know you in, in, the, next, in the next town over, Lord God. Lord, for those who, who haven't experienced your presence, that they would begin to know you because Aaron and Tara and their team are with them. Lord God, I pray that, that you would begin to open doors for a building, Lord God, that you would blow our minds with a building, Lord God. And Father, I just pray that you would just begin to, to even multiply what, what's been given here. Lord God, so that we can go and impact the world around us for Jesus. And Lord, I just pray for them, God, that you would give them wisdom, give them vision. And Lord God, that a a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, that they would be blown away at what you have done. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would bless the gift and the giver. And Lord God Almighty, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would just do things that just absolutely blow our mind. And Father, as we give, Lord God, our our footprint may never make it to that land, but our fingerprints will be all over it. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Guys, give it up for Pastor Aaron and Tara. Love you guys. I'm so proud of you guys. Can't wait to see what God does, man. And uh, awesome. And listen, so... Here's where we are. We're, we're moving forward. We're, we're, so this is what we do so that you know. And I know that I hate talking about this stuff, but I felt like you needed to hear where your hand's going. Amen? And so I want to challenge you guys. Let's begin to pray for, the, for Madison right now. Let's begin to pray. And if you are here and you're like, man, I really feel like maybe God's laid it on my heart to move that direction, then, then come and talk to us. And, uh, and, and we'll, we'll, help, we'll have you be a part of it. But I just, I believe that God is on the verge of doing amazing things. And I believe that the more we extend our hand and give to other ministries, that we will be blown away by what God's done. So when you give, I know that it's hard. I know that it's scary. I know that it's a sacrifice. But be the person whose hand extends far past their body and watch what God does. Amen? I'm going to pray a blessing over you guys. I got to let you go. I know that was a... uh, that was a weird one, man. I don't know. I hope, it, I hope it made sense and it was good. Here we go. Father, thank you so much for each and every person. I just pray a blessing over them. And Father, you care about every aspect of our life, even our finances, Lord God. And I know there are people in this room that are struggling. I know there are people in this room who are hurting. I know there are people in this room who need your help. And I just pray that you would be close and that you would be our provider. And Father God, I just pray that your hand would reach far past us. And Lord God, that you would would begin to use us, Lord God, in all these areas so that we can rescue people for you. Lord, anoint us and be glorified in us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. If you got to go, hey, listen, remember worship this Saturday night. We'll see you here. God bless you, church. 